Amen. All right, all right. So we're back in the book of Proverbs. Book of Proverbs. I think Wednesday night the book of Proverbs will probably be uh, ingrained into our minds as much as we've been in the book of Proverbs on Wednesday night. Uh, but uh, we're in chapter 15, uh, Proverbs chapter 15. And uh, we're going to be looking at Conduct, Consequences, and Circumstances, Part 1. And uh, so we'll, uh, same title next week, but Part 2. And uh, I'll go ahead and read uh, the text, and then we'll go back through it, as we often do. And uh, we've been sitting for a little while, so if you're physically able, go ahead and stand if you can uh, in reverence to the Word of God. If you're not able, I certainly understand that. Uh, but Proverbs chapter 15, verse 18, and we'll read down to verse 23. It says, A wrathful man stirreth up strife, but he that is slow to anger appeaseth strife. The way of the slothful man is as an hedge of thorns, but the way of the righteous is made plain. A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish man despiseth his mother. Folly is joy to him that is destitute of wisdom, but a man of understanding walketh uprightly. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed, but in the multitude of counselors they are established. And finally, verse 23, A man hath joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season, how good is it? And one of the few times you see an exclamation point uh, there in your King James Bible. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, again, we thank you for this day. We thank you for... Uh, this time to be able to open the Word of God. And uh, Father, we pray now that your Holy Spirit will speak to us through the teaching and reading of the Word of God tonight. And Father, that you would show each and every one of us, Lord, what you'd have us to, to know and learn from these passages. And uh, Lord, we pray that, uh, uh, that we'll take this as we go back out into the, to the world for the rest of the week, Lord, and that you'll use it. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. All right, you can go ahead and be seated. Um, you know, we've kind of covered a lot of these things already. Uh, there's certainly a lot of parallel verses we could look at just from the book of Proverbs. And so this isn't new subject matter. But again, as I've said many times, anytime God repeats things or reemphasizes things, then we need to as well. It's important. And uh, we've, we, again, we've talked about this in different ways, but it's true that that some of the circumstances, circumstances that is, that we find ourselves in, sometimes they are out of our control. In other words, you know, just things happen, we didn't really do anything wrong, innocent victim, those types of things. Um, but, but possibly, though, I don't have no way of knowing this, and it could vary uh, for people, but I would think uh, in, a, in a general way, possibly most of the circumstances we find ourselves in uh, and I don't mean good or bad. I'm just saying whatever circumstance we find ourselves in, I think we would have to be honest and say it, it has to be connected with the decisions that we make in life. Would that be a fair statement? You know, I'm not saying it's a good circumstance or a bad circumstance, but I would have to think that the circumstances that we face in life are very closely connected to the decisions we make in life. You know, and, and we could look at it from the, the negative side, certainly an unwanted or or unplanned might be a better way of saying it. Uh, uh, pregnancy, uh, simply a young man and a young woman that, that didn't make a good decision, and now they find themselves uh, in this circumstance. Uh, you know, I mentioned the prison ministry. You know, it's, uh, some of those guys are very young, you know, that are in there, just, just kids, really, what I consider kids, uh, but they, they've made some bad choices. You know, I'm not saying that everybody in there is guilty, 
but I think that uh, we would all have to agree that that there's probably some there that made some bad decisions and, and their circumstances are are seen now as I said though there is a positive side you know uh, some circumstances circumstances are good circumstances and um, you know we could look at the flip side a, a young lady or even a young man saves their self for marriage and they stay uh, in church um, they're faithful to the things of God serving the Lord faithfully and and uh, fast forward 20 30 years it's not that they haven't been through some rough times uh, but their circumstances are good and we praise the Lord for that she's got a godly husband he's got a godly wife and obedient children a happy life and and certainly those are good circumstances um, uh, a young man maybe he stumbled some you know brother Epley talked about uh, getting away from the Lord after he had been saved and uh, but uh, a young man that's uh, uh, you know uh, certainly not going to say he's lived a perfect life maybe he has failed in some areas but he's gotten back up acknowledged his wrong uh, gets back right gets that fellowship back right with God and and later on uh, he finds himself doing well with the circumstances of life it all has to do with decisions and so our conduct and our behavior certainly I think we would all have to agree our conduct and behavior determine our circumstances in life I, I believe that to be true uh, and really the formula is seen in our title we see conduct consequences and circumstances and you can kind of kind of see a progression there and, and what I mean is is conduct consequences circumstances conduct really equals consequences consequences that is reaping what we sow could be good could be bad so conduct equals consequences reaping what we sow uh, and then we could say that conduct plus our consequences together that's when we get into the circumstances and when I'm talking about circumstances I'm really talking about our quality of life our normal course of life you know I'm not talking about you know there's some days we're gonna have bad days we're not basing it on that but our normal course of life what is the quality of our life and I think if we if we're honest the the, the quality of our life uh, really has a lot to do with the decisions that we make in life uh, and I think that that's important and, and we're gonna see some things here in our text that I believe uh, show that so so conduct and you can just write this down if you want but conduct is sowing you know how we behave decisions um, consequences is reaping in other words we we sow with our conduct you know, how we act what we say how we approach life we're sowing and the consequences of that sowing is is, is the reaping and then that circumstances is really the quality of life what, what do we get out of that uh, and so so I kind of hope you see that formula I might have should have made some notes for tonight but uh, in chapter 15 as we read those verses there and we'll read we'll do some more next week but we find different conduct of those that are right with God and not right with God and that's something we've seen throughout this study already uh, we've seen those uh, contradictions between those that are right with God those that are not right with God and there are some people's quality of life uh, again their circumstances they're they're not good uh, on the other hand there are some that that are blessed and and it comes down to conduct and, and consequences determine those circumstances so I want to look at some contrasts between good and bad conduct and again the consequences if you will and so verse 18 number one would be this those slow to anger versus those quick to anger and you've heard me talk about uh, you know living at 211 you know 
In other words, water boils at 212, but if you stay at 211, it doesn't take a whole lot to put you over the top, does it? Amen? <laughs> Most of you men know what I'm talking about there, right? And, and so, so again, uh, those slow to anger versus those that are quick to anger. And verse 18 says, A wrathful man stirreth up strife. You know, a lot of times we can make a bad situation much worse by how we react to it. But he that is slow to anger appeaseth strife. In other words, he calms things down. And we know that to be true. I think the older we get, the more we see that. Uh, 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 Brother uh, Don uh, Vaughn, we were talking the other night after revival and kind of talking about speeding tickets and stuff. And, and uh, I remember, you know, I had a little issue with that in my younger days. And and um, uh, I'd get pulled over, and I was wrong. I was speeding. I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. And I'd just be mad and smart-mouthing the police officer and, you know, all bowed up. and I was this little punk. And, uh, you know, I, all I was doing was just making it worse, you know. And uh, I haven't been pulled over in a long, long time. Uh, I think about 1998 was the last time I was pulled over and got a ticket. Uh, but, uh, but then I was, yes, sir, no, sir. Yes, I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> And things turned out a lot better. And uh, so again, you know, those uh, slow to anger versus those quick to anger. And again, how many times do we make a bad situation worse by our response? Uh, a short temper can, can even create a bad consequence in our life. And even if you were wronged, certainly you can make it a lot worse and really end up with more guilt before God than the person that offends you, depending on how you react. And so the point to this is a short fuse can make a problem out of nothing. You know, how many times have we taken something just, you know, just something that, you know, was so minute, so petty, but yet we run with it and make a big deal out of it. Uh, and we're probably all guilty of that in one way or another over the years. Uh, those slow to anger, they're not going to ignite something that turns into a, to a bad consequence. They're going to show some wisdom there with that. And so the circumstances in life, again, the quality of life for one that is slow to anger is going to be a much better than one who is quick to anger. And maybe you know some people that just seem angry and mad all the time, you know, uh, down in the mouth, those types of things. So those slow to anger versus those that are quick to anger. Number two, uh, the lady, the lady, the lazy versus the hard worker. And uh, the Proverbs has a lot to say about laziness and not working and those types of things. Uh, the lazy versus the hard worker. Look at verse 19. Um, it says, uh, the way of the slothful man is an hedge of thorns. Uh, you know, they just, don't, they just don't have a good life. But the way of the righteous is made plain. Now, I believe the context is still talking about, uh, you know, in the context of not being slothful there. And so you see the, the differences there. You know, and I've been pretty vocal about this. Maybe I should be, maybe I shouldn't. But, uh, you know, I, I've been pretty straightforward on how I believe that our government, especially in the last 20, 30 years, in my humble opinion, caters to the lazy. I mean, I think they want lazy people for various reasons. And if you ever want to talk to me about that, I'll be happy to sit down and tell you what I think. But uh, <laughs> now, now here's the thing with lazy people. Um, people who don't want to work. Uh, they may not struggle monetarily. As a matter of fact, a lot of people don't work, make more money than people that do work. And Again, that's another deal. But So I'm not necessarily talking about lazy people not having money, although the book of Proverbs does say that you know, they'll, they'll starve and those types of things. 
but we know that there are people that, that are lazy, that live off others, if you will. Uh, they're not really struggling, struggling monetarily, but I believe, whether they admit it or not, they struggle in other areas. And what I mean by that, uh, you know, depression, uh, anger, paranoia, paranoia, uh, self-worth, fear, unhappiness, you know, uh, especially young men, middle-aged men, we just weren't made to sit around and do nothing. And when you sit around and do nothing, you're not going to be a very happy person. You know, if you just watch TV all day or what have you, stay on the internet. God did not make the human being for that. And it's not good. Amen? Amen? So the other part of this is, though, if you take out all of that even, God just does not bless a slothful person. <laughs> they're not going to have the blessings of God on their life. They're going to have struggles. They're going to have, they're going to have problems in life. They're going to face a lot of obstacles they may not have had to face. And so lazy conduct, we go back to our little formula uh, lazy conduct is the decisions, uh, the consequences of a dissatisfied life, which certainly a dissatisfied life is going to affect the quality, the overall quality of your life. And uh, so we see there the difference between the lazy versus the hard worker. Uh, that's not the case for those uh, who work. Uh, and the key to all this is we're to work as if we work for who? Who? For the Lord. Amen. You know, uh, Hey, listen, uh, you know, you, your word means something. It should mean something to you. And, uh, you know, if you don't give an honest day's work and you're being paid for that, that's, that's, that's stealing. Slice it, do whatever you want with it. At the end of the day, that's what it is, amen? And uh, we're certainly not to do that. So, uh, and certainly those that work hard, work unto the Lord, treat things as if they're their own, uh, that's what we need. Number three, those who honor their parents versus those who dishonor their parents. Verse 20 um, says, A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish man despises his mother. Um, and in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, we have the fifth commandment out of the ten. And it comes, it's the only commandment with a promise, by the way. Honor thy father and mother that, the days, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. And, uh, you know. What if you don't honor your mother or your father, amen? <laughs> so uh, you might not live that long. And so I think this is very simple to see. God honors those who, who honor their parents. And by the way, I don't believe there's any time limit on that, amen? You know, I, I know people, even elderly folks, whose parents are, have been in heaven or gone for many, many years, and and to this day, they still honor their father and their mother. I don't believe that ever goes away. And I know sometimes mothers and fathers aren't always who we want them to be. They don't always do everything right. Uh, but uh, the, the fifth commandment doesn't say anything about that. It says, honor your father and your mother. Amen. And that's what we need to do. And uh, certainly those, I mean, I, I you know, uh, being a pastor and, and, you know, trying to help people, uh, there, are, there are some people that still blame mom and dad and they're unhappy, you know. Um, it's, it's a sad situation, it's a sad situation. Uh, but those that honor their mother and their father uh, certainly are going to have a better uh, outlook on life. Their quality of life is going to be much better. Number four, uh, those who play around with foolishness versus those who do not. Uh, verse 21, folly uh, is joy to him that is destitute of wisdom. Folly could be 
used there as foolish behavior, toying around with things. It says, but a man of understanding walketh uprightly. And so folly there, foolish silliness, if you will. And, and you know, don't get me I like to laugh as much as anybody, and I like to joke around and, and pranks and those types of things. Uh, I wouldn't ever lock anybody in the bathroom, Brother Joe. But, uh, but uh, you know, I like a good joke as much as everybody. But, uh, but there are those that just, have you ever been around somebody that never, I mean, never takes anything seriously? You know, I mean, that, that's, you know, to me, that's just odd. Um, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, they make light of sin even. You know, that's dangerous to, to, to really mock things, you know, uh, to giggle, you know. Uh, you know, the, the preacher says you ought not do that. Here's what the Bible says. And underneath your breath, you kind of giggle a little bit and kind of proud in your rebellion and think that you're cool. That's, that's foolishness, amen. That's uh, making light of sin. In other words, uh, I don't know what it is. Well, I know what it is. It's the music. It's the television shows that that uh, make it appealing to be a rebel you know that's that's romantic that's that's what you want to be you want to be a type of rebel and a lot of people men and women they bask uh, in going against the grain you know it's not about right or wrong it's just I just want to be against it um, and even if it's right and true uh, certainly that is not something that's uh, going to bring out uh, a good quality of life and, and the Bible makes it plain there why do they do that they lack wisdom what's a lack of wisdom foolishness uh, in other words they are being foolish but the upright they live in wisdom and of course we know that the definition of wisdom is the fear of the Lord and the phrase walking uprightly that means that this is a person that that is really strict in their beliefs and I think that's important we need that today we've got too many people that are wishy-washy with, with Bible under you know believe in the bible and those types of things um and it's not just what when i say they're strict about their beliefs it's not just what they feel about things but they're they're strict according to what the word of god reveals you know if the word of god says that then then that's then then i'm staying with that i'm going to take it seriously and apply it to my life and by the way the younger an individual starts doing that the better amen to that uh and so again um, only a foolish person is going to ignore, doesn't take the word of God seriously. Those who like to play games with God, they're going to find the consequences and circumstances in life as something someday that is no joke at all. You know? And uh, so, so again, uh, uh, those who play around with foolishness versus those who do not. Number five, we're almost done here, a couple more. Those who listen to biblical counsel versus those who don't. Verse 22. It says, without counsel, purposes are disappointed, but in the multitude of counselors, they are established. You know, there's a lot of, of things today underneath the name of counseling. I think I've kind of shared with you my thoughts on that. I, I just don't know that I could take any counsel for somebody that's not saved. You know, I mean, how can somebody that doesn't even know Jesus Christ, what could they possibly help me with? Amen? You know, I, I'm convinced of this. I, I think, I, I, think uh, I want to be careful here. Uh, counseling has almost become a, almost a type of ministry in a lot of different ways. Let me just say this, that 
that good preaching, amen, really, I, can't, I think, just kind of covers a lot of unnecessarily counseling. You know, it could be you don't need counseling, you just need some preaching, you know, our preacher for the week. You, you need to die to self. That's, that's what you need to do. What we want is some way for some man or woman to tell us how to navigate in this world using worldly means. You can keep all that. Amen. I just, uh, I, I just kind of struggle with all that. So when we're talking about counsel tonight, we're talking about biblical counsel. Uh, you know, some person, you know, I may tell a person, you know, that's struggling in some things and, and I may, you know, say, well, here's what God says about this. And, and here's how it usually goes. Uh, preacher, I know that and the, the subjects could be, they're, they're numerous. Preacher, I know that I'm doing this, um, but, but this is how I feel. <laughs> and, and so often I tell a person what God says about a certain thing, yet that person will look at me for a moment, and usually the next word out of their mouth is but, or what if. And that's always a, a red flag for me. And uh, again, after that, they begin to tell me how they feel, their circumstances, or why they can't do what the Bible says. Now, they don't need counseling. They need preaching. They need conviction from the Holy Spirit of God. They need faith to do what God says. So I just keep telling them what God says, and they keep telling me how they feel. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and, and that's all I could do, you know. Uh, and, and again... Uh, I, I think that a lot of people, I've come to the conclusion, and I'm not very smart, and I could be wrong, but, but I've come to the conclusion that, that uh, some, they're not really looking for counsel. I, I think some are looking for confirmation about something they've already made their mind up about. They've already settled it in their heart. This is what I've got to do. Preacher, I just need you to tell me that it's okay. And I've lost some friends because of that, and it's sad. Um, it's sad. And so what do they do? Well, they'll just go from one advisor, quote-unquote, preacher, pastor, counselor. They'll just go from one advisor to another till they hear what they want to hear. Or they'll just quit asking. <laughs> and they'll just continue on uh, as they have. Again, I just believe they just need, they need revival. They need some good old Holy Ghost uh, conviction in their life. And uh, so I better move on. All right, so those who listen to biblical counsel versus those uh, who don't. You know, I, will, I won't move on. I'm going to say one last thing. Biblical counsel, it's a wonderful thing. Now, I don't, it's not always an easy thing, okay, but it's a wonderful thing. And, and, and again, why would anybody not want to know uh, if they were doing something unbiblical? Why wouldn't you want to know that? You see, the, the, here's the thing, folks. I love God. And I want to get close to God as I can, not for salvation. I'm already saved. I'm just simply talking about fellowship. And if there's things in my life, if there's sin in my life, that takes away from my fellowship with God. So the least amount of these things that I have in my life that are driving a wedge between me and God, as those things come away, I'm getting closer and closer to God. Amen? Praise the Lord. That's shouting ground. So I, I want my conduct to result in good consequences and circumstances. Uh, and there are people, I haven't always liked it, but there are people even today 
uh, you know, Brother Epley, he, he, you know, God used him to set me straight on a few things, and I praise the Lord for it. It wasn't easy. But there are people that God puts in my life to help me with this. And I don't always go away, you know, shouting in glory either, you know. Uh, but, but again, that's, that's what we need, amen. And so we need counsel. We need biblical counsel. Number six, and then I'll be done. All right. Those who try to say the right things versus those who don't. You know, there's just some people, they, they, just, they just know how to, you know, just say, you know, they, they know exactly what they're doing. Amen. And uh, we see this in verse 23. A man hath joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season, how good is it? And so this is talking, we've talked about speech. Um, now, we understand that sometimes unpleasant things need to be said. We, we, we all agree with that tonight. Um, but, you know, here's the thing. Unpleasant things do need to be said, but I think we always need to use discernment. We need to bathe it in grace and mercy and love. Um, certainly, biblical knowledge should certainly play a big role uh, in this. In other words, if you're going to tell somebody they're wrong in something, you need to have your Bible. So here's what God says. So this isn't my opinion. I'm, I'm telling you here's what God says. And, you know, as, as you get a little older, you can certainly make some application in those ways. But, but here's the thing. What we tend to do, we, me, I'm, you know, I'm guilty, you know, um, speak your mind. How many times, you know, again, the, the worldly bunch, you know, speak your mind. Tell people how you feel. Now, again, that's unbiblical. You don't find that in the Bible. So speaking your mind usually isn't the best thing to do. Let's just start there. <laughs> you know, you know, uh, you know. I, you know, before I got saved, even after I got saved, I, I, you know, you know, I wasn't afraid to tell somebody how I felt about something. And boy, you know, if I could go back and, you know, take that back. Okay. So speaking your mind isn't usually the best thing to do getting upset and getting on Facebook and voicing your opinion is not a good thing to do. And all of God's people said. Amen. You know, the thing is, is we're in this culture, and I've talked about this before, it, we're really, we're, you know, a lot of people are so self-centered, you know. I think, didn't Brother Epley talk about selfies, you know? <laughs> you know, look at me, look at me, look at me. <clears throat> and, and, and some, we, we, we've, and we've kind of created this mess with social media, but, but uh, in other words, what I'm saying is social media has been around long enough that, <clears throat> that young adults have grown up not ever knowing there wasn't a social media. So it's almost kind of created this subculture that look at me, look at me, everything I do and everything I think needs to be out there. And uh, it's really a very self-centered, uh, sinful thing to do uh, because... Um, you know, we, we all like to put our two cents worth in, you know. Is that, isn't that how you say it? I'm going to give you my two cents worth. Um, <clears throat> but I've come to find out that most people really aren't interested in my two cents worth. <laughs> they, I mean, they could really care. They could care less. Okay, well, all right, I'm, you told me that, but, you know, big deal, right? <laughs> and so uh, they... We, we have this culture now of people that don't really have a concept, and we study that passage of a, of a word fitly spoken, you know. 
um, they just think whatever they want to say ought to be said and the Bible certainly doesn't teach that and sometimes here's the thing sometimes maybe it does need to be said but we need to say it in a way that benefits people not destroy them cut them down or what have you and, and I'm guilty of, of, of failing in that area uh, those who who understand and read the book of James sometimes the evil power of the tongue Listen, we're going we're gonna to handle our vo vocabulary responsibly. Amen? You know, we need to think about things before we say it. You know, let's look at the tongue. Uh, James says it's a world of iniquity. It's, it's, it's the most wicked member of the human body is the tongue, the words that we say. And if some people handle, handled a loaded gun the way that they do their tongue, there would be casualties lying around everywhere. You know, they're just shooting off the mouth. Boom, 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 boom. And people are hurt. And that's certainly not something that a child of God should do. And certainly those that do that, they're not going to have a lot of joy in their life. And so understand, folks, and I'll be done, it's not just the reply that makes a reply right. Um, it's the right reply at the right time. You know, there's some things that need to be said, but not right now. Does that make sense? That just takes some wisdom. There's some things that need to be said at the moment, but again, those things take time. And uh, here, here's what I've learned over the years. <coughs> uh, I've had people say, and I know it, it kind of sounds a little trite when I say it, but. But sometimes people say, well, I just don't know what to say. And I'll say, don't say nothing. If you don't know what to say, don't say anything. Err on the side of grace. Amen. Amen. You know, when we err on the side of grace, if we don't get it right, there's room for healing. But if you err on the side of, of vindictiveness, speak in your mind, hard to recover from that err on the side of grace if you don't get it right it's recoverable you, if you don't then then there's a lot of things water under the bridge amen and so we need to be careful you know uh, again a lot of what we say may not be wrong but our timing can certainly be terrible we can bring a lot of trouble our way and and, and hurt others in the process and so we'll stop there we'll we'll uh, continue on with this thought uh, uh, next week as we look at part two of conduct consequences and circumstances. I'm going to ask you to bow your head, if you will. Go ahead and stand, bow your head. We'll have a word of prayer. Brother Brad's going to pray a little something. And, and uh, again, you know, we're, we're still uh, coming off revival, and so uh, let's continue to use this altar and, and um, uh, the things that I taught tonight. Maybe you're, you're good in those areas. Um, you come to this altar and pray. But if you are struggling in some area of life tonight, may, maybe there's something that was said tonight maybe didn't really have a whole lot to do with the with the message but just something that kind of pricked your heart you come and do business with the lord and as always if you're here tonight you're not saved not sure that you saved you come and get my attention and uh, we'll uh, 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 take the word of god and, and show you how you can be saved and uh, you know as we go out in this world you know probably you know these things that we looked at i would probably say where where is the biggest the biggest area of our life that these are played out and I would probably say number one would be the home, you know, husband, wife, children. But number two would be the workplace, you know. And uh, those of you that work in the secular world, you know, 
just want you to think about some things that were said tonight. If you need to come and do business with the Lord tonight, you come and do that. Uh, how are the circumstances in your life? And look back, examine yourself. Say, okay, what kind of decisions? I make this decision, this is what comes out of it. It could just be a good time to come tonight and do business with the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. And Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you, as I said a while ago, Lord, that if there's anything in the word of God that shows me that, that I need to do something or not do something, um, it's a wonderful opportunity for me to draw closer to you than I was before. And I believe that's something that we should all hunger for tonight as believers.